What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the January 27th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, because we are all friends here at Level Up Live, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, the king of the courtside, the courtside king, Ah, you can call him Joey. What's up, buddy? John, I'm doing all right. I don't know about you, but this has been the most Monday-feeling Thursday of my life. Uh, I felt like it was a very long day. I had so much to get done. I've been literally looking at a computer since 6 a.m. I had like a 30, 45-minute break all day. So it's been a long one, uh, but I'm excited. We do have a guest again, which we're going to tease here shortly um, for an interview. But on top of that, there's been a lot happening in gaming esports. I'm ready to get into it here shortly. The most Monday-feeling Thursday might be the best way to describe how today has felt. Uh, (laughs) You have had the honor of dealing with Everything I had at my work going on again, especially with our little visit that we had today, which was very unexpected. Uh, we, we won't talk about that. That's for another podcast uh, that OTN does not have. But anywho, Nation, welcome and thank you as always for tuning in to Level Up Live. Before we get started, a little bit of homework. If you're not doing so already, I'm not going to call you out or anything. You can go ahead and do it now. I'll look after the show. But you should be following the show on so- on social media. That is Twitter. That is Facebook. That is at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. And while you're on Twitter, uh, he's got all the hot takes. He's got all the inside information. He is the biggest unpaid sponsor for the Xbox Game Pass. You need to be following Joey at Courtside King. And then for all the snarky remarks of the person who jumped ship from Sony and joined Team Xbox, follow me at Fiasco. You're watching here live on Twitch. Again, thank you so much for watching the live show. You can catch those handles right below the mugshots you're currently staring at. If you listen to the podcast version down the road as well, they'll be in the show notes for you below. So go ahead and give the show and your hosts a follow. And Nation, as always, the live show is the best place to catch a show. But we understand you all have lives. Maybe you got something else going on on a Thursday night. We're not going to be offended. Just as long as you listen to the podcast version, everything will be okay. Okay? So the podcast version is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else you can find an RSS feed for podcasts. You just look up Level Up Podcast, and we are there for you. And also, for super fans out there, for people who don't just want to be a subscriber, who don't just want to be someone in chat who hangs out on Discord, patreon.com slash OTN. Check it out. Become a super fan. Become one of our favorite people. We're lying. Everyone's our favorite people. It's completely cool. Do it. Don't do it. Doesn't hurt our feelings, but we'd appreciate you taking a look at it. All right, Joey, I am ready for the weekend. <laughs> I don't know about you. I, well, you're going out of town, so I know you're excited. But before that, we have topics to discuss today. Joey, what are we talking about today on the last episode ever in the month of January for 2022? Absolutely. We have a stellar interview at the top of the show, which we'll introduce in just a moment. And then after that interview, he'll be sticking around and joining us for a couple topics. We're talking Microsoft's Q2 earnings report and what it means for gaming in general. We're looking at a breakdown of a few different things. The Activision Blizzard update we talked about last week, we have some new details on that in Call of Duty. So we'll be breaking that down along with a new IP in the works at Blizzard. We're talking about The Rock making another appearance in a video game-based movie. We're talking speculation of Apple building a gaming console and much more. Absolutely. Fantastic topics, a fantastic guest. But Joe, before we can even get to our guest here in the next few moments, of course, we have to do the last part of the intro. And of course, it's the time-honored tradition that's been passed down from generation to generation, all the way from episode one to episode 267, (laughs) according to our notes here. Joey, it is time for the drink of choice. 
Uh, we have been slacking. I feel like we're going to be slacking again today. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and ask the question anyway. Joey, what is your beverage for tonight's show? Yeah, nothing super exciting because I feel like our interview guest is going to carry plenty of excitement on and of himself. Uh, but I do have a blueberry lemonade sparkling water from Trader Joe's here. Changing things up, going a little bit bubbly. So not flat water, but nothing too, too crazy either. Okay, you say it's not fancy. That's some some pretty fancy <laughs> water there, sir. I don't want to hear about that. I, I guess you can call it fancy water also. I'm doing a repeat of last week because um, it was on sale, so I stocked up. Uh, it's the Mountain Dew Spark flavor, uh, so it is bubbly. It is technically water, but definitely not as nutritious as yours, Joey. Mm. Tastes like bad decisions. All right, Joey, let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Of course, we are joined once again with an amazing interview here on Level Up Live. Level Up Nation, you are in for a treat today. We are going to be joined by not only the founder, not only the CEO, not only the editor-in-chief, but also a good friend of the show uh, is our good friend, the remix of the Lunchbox Publications. Let's go ahead and bring Greg. Uh, Greg, first off, it is a Thursday night, and you had nothing else better to do than join us here on a podcast. Like, I mean, you we appreciate me. it. You invited like, me. <laughs> I, I mean, got like a, a message from... I, from joey i was like would you like to join why not and it's it's an honor to be here actually and of course i'll um make time for you guys i mean hey i mean once when's the next time i'm going to be part of uh otn media lives level up uh podcast so come on it's, it's what are you great. doing next week i mean we i mean we, we, <laughs> okay. we haven't booked anyone <laughs> well no. <hold> up. <laughs> no of course greg always it's uh uh, for people outside of the OTN community who may not know Greg, uh, Greg, uh, awesome part of the OTN community as well. You can find him on our Discord. Um, he is one of our uh, teammates in our fire squad for when we play Halo Infinite. Uh, if you follow him on social media, media, which you should on Twitter at the Remix, you can uh, if you're watching here live on stream as well. All of the information there is right below uh, his webcam as well. Uh, he posts some of the best clips from our Halo games. Uh, including my random Mickey Mouse uh, impersonations that makes him just crack up like mid firefight. It's 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 fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's it's always great, Greg. Uh, and, and again, thank you so much uh, for joining us here today. Um, first, um, for those who may not know you, which first off, shame on you for not knowing Greg. Uh, give us a little bit of a background of 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 who you are and what exactly you do for the Lunchbox Publications and, and kind of uh, what you guys do in that sphere. Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, the Lunchbox Publications is a multimedia entertainment and pop culture website. We cover entertainment topics such as video games, of course, movies, television shows, comic books, and pop culture um, events around the, in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, and of course around the United States and around the world. Um, we were founded in 2013, and literally the day after the very first Awesome Con, which is another comic book convention we have here in the, the DMV area, and... Um, yeah, I am the founder, CEO, and editor-in-chief, as what you say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, Greg, uh, like you said, you, you guys have been putting out some con- some great content over the years. Uh, 2013, I mean, I mean, for full disclosure, OTN, I mean, really the, the multimedia side of it, Joey, correct me if I'm wrong, was like 2015, 2016. I know the founding was a little bit earlier than that. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, again, like putting out amazing content there as well. Um so, so we're going to dive a little bit into what what you do, not just with the lunchbox, the lunchbox publications, but 
kind of kind of your current uh, status, like right now, like one of the big things you're focusing on is streaming, and uh, that is a big part of the gaming universe right now. Obviously, we all know Twitch, YouTube gaming. Uh, rest in peace, Mixer. Uh, you know because you know Microsoft. I'm not going to say that because Joey's going to get offended, but. Uh, <laughs> But streaming is is a big thing for gamers out there who kind of want to get their footing in that entertainment space, in that streaming space, and kind of grow kind of a community. Um, Talk to me a little bit about your decision to enter that space uh, and, and, you know, what the future holds for you. Oh. I'm going to start with a little bit of a sad note. Uh, sadly, I was one of the people who got hit with the with the pandemic, of course, and uh, I got cut from my job. And next to becoming a full-time student, I definitely want to continue off with the And, of course, writing. I definitely want to continue my streaming and broadcasting career and give a chance for, for myself to grow um, my branding. So I started off as a variety streamer, playing different types of games and such. I did play Call of Duty. I did play Phasmophobia and, of course, Destiny, which I still do. However, um, I decided to transition once Halo Infinite came out um, to becoming full-time Halo streamer and uh, full-time Halo content creator for the Remix brand. And with that with that case involved, it gave me a chance to also focus on my health, both physical and mental. And how should I say, learn more in the aspects? Like, how should I say, what's the term? Like, make connections, of course, and learn how it, learn various algorithms because there's a lot involved in that, of, co- of course, as well. Because gaming as a whole, especially you want to get, you would like to share your experiences, especially my experiences to the world. Like, hey, look what I can do. Hey, look what I, look at my, look at my reactions and uh, check me out. Give me a chance and such. If that answers your question. But for the future, especially as for gaming, there's no way back before, like the, before the, even the 360 and PlayStation 3 were out was that was like 2005 and 2006. Did we get this far? You know, when it comes to sharing experiences and stuff, because we all had to do the old school way, especially before YouTube, where you need to record your gaming footage through DVDs and. Oh my goodness! Uh, maybe there are boomers out there who don't know the term VCRs and <laughs> stuff. And um, you know, and the best way to communicate and definitely get your name out there, especially when it comes to creating content back in the day, was having people come over to your house or going to various tournaments. And if you can look at the esports scene, it has grown incredibly huge. So now people can watch anybody in different. Uh, perspectives and point of views now especially with streaming and uh it's getting it's getting better when it comes to communicating at the same time making other types of um content and stuff to reach out to other viewers and especially making an inspiration being an inspiration themselves i mean i would love to um have um the younger generation check me out and say like hey i can definitely do this i mean it's gaming related i can take my talents and hobbies and make content out of it and who knows i might get recognized not just by pro gamers but also other entertainment sources like for example level up or ign or any other um outlets out there so that's an also most possible occasions yeah absolutely um and uh, i apologize to all of our zoomers out there uh our, our gen z listeners a vcr uh is a uh think of it as like a massive audio cassette tape that shows pictures on a television 
I, I know you may not be familiar with that. Uh, so just just want to clarify what a VCR is and a tape. The VCR is the actual player. Uh, be kind, rewind. That's a phrase no one uses anymore. Uh, but real quick, <laughs> before I pass it off to Joey here real quick, um, obviously diving into streaming is incredibly uh, difficult for, for some people because yes. it's a very saturated market. You've had you've had some great success uh, building your brand, building lun- the Lunchbox publications uh, through great marketing, through great content. Um, that marketing aspect of it, how important was that to, to really strive through those hard times where maybe you were only getting one or two viewers? Uh, what did you find worked well for you when it came to marketing your brand? Well, first and foremost, I definitely want to tell the entire world out there, work with what you have first. If you can't afford it, if you can, like, for example, there are a lot of um, streamers and um, uprising um, players out there who want to put their content out there. However, they don't have the funding and stuff, but they only have, let's say, for example, the PlayStation 3 or the original X, X, um, not PlayStation 3, forgive me, the PlayStation 4 and the original Xbox One because we were introduced with the ability for consoles to actually stream out of their consoles before... People rock the PCs. And yes, folks, before it was called Twitch, it was definitely called Justin TV. So, you know, people were streaming out of the um out of the old PCs and stuff like that. But again, work with what you have because fun fact, um, John, the thing John and Joey, because like a lot of people like stress themselves up like thinking like, oh, I need to get um, how should I say, a one thousand plus dollar PC machine. Oh, I need to get like nano lights behind me and stuff like that to look to have my background great and clean hold fast don't stress yourself out on that again work with what you have because fun because another fun fact myself and the lunchbox publications we achieved our affiliation status it's a special status for twitch um viewers to um and for twitch users to get emotes and of course accepting donations and subscriptions we got it with just streaming through, through out of a console and from there that's when we build ourselves up and a lot of people got their own pcs i've got my own p- computers and stuff and um, that's where we got so far for now. So again, number one, work with what you have and, um, and slowly and steadily update yourself and upgrade yourself to the latest um, technology. Number two, connections. That's the number one thing people forget because social media helps the, for both my company and for myself. And you can ask John and Joy themselves, guys, because that's how you make connections. That's how you talk to other developers, other streamers. And at the same time, let the people know who you are. As what John said, I do post my clips and stuff about hilarious moments. Of course, the infamous Mickey Ha-ha, from, <laughs> <laughs> from John. And uh, at the same time, um, for my company and for Matt, we miss you, man. Noki Sum, he did his best to let the people know, like, new articles are up. New um, stream is coming soon and stuff. Joey does the same thing for OTN Media and, and such. And we had that back and forth banter. Whoever made that social media post saying, that guy looks strangely familiar who you're interviewing tonight. I'm like, okay, y'all are funny. So, again, social media and making connections through any other platform, not just Twitch, but also Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, to, to name some social media platforms, is a big must in order for you to, um, how should I say, um, make connections and at the same time put your talent and content out there. My next thing to also say, John, I, man, I can't stress this enough. 
join other communities, especially since Discord has the ability to join other communities and you get the chance to talk to other people and uh, they can offer you like um, either tips, advice, or they can actually become followers for your brand as well. I mean, I just joined the Halo Discord and stuff, and not only I talk about the Halo esports scene, but I also talk to them about like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? Hey, um, hey, check out Shyway's video. Shout out to Shyway. Um, anyway, and um, all that stuff, and at the same time, like, the more you communicate and more you build, um, and be part of other people's communities, the better chances you have to grow other communities. At the same time, connect with others as well. So that's how it is it's it's a very difficult um situ um platform for some you cannot get it in just one night and one year i've learned the hard way i'll admit that and something's happened however i learn from my mistakes i take it from i take it and then um i improve from there and it's a it's been a ride for both myself and the lunchbox publications like i oh it, it just brings me shivers especially since you both know we started the infamous invitational event and we teamed up with Game Gym's very own Josh for that and Icy for help for the Super Smash tournament. Um, we had a, a good friend of mine, Ellie Face, who's a cooking streamer and a gamer herself, uh, team up with us and stuff like that in, in uh, Mario Kart. And the very first Invitational event, which we have our very own uh, OG Flavor Towns, Eric, he had a blast in that as well because we like to bring in different personalities so they can connect with each other at the same time. Hey, help them give a boost to their um, streaming content career as well. So, again, those are my three tips and stuff, especially to push people to get better. Also, my last tip, practice communication, both in-game and in real life because you want to be able to talk. I know there's, there'll be a few bugs and issues saying um and stuff like that. Hey, it doesn't matter. Do your best to at the same time um have a clear voice and um how should I say what's that term, John and Joey? Like speak properly, especially when playing teamwork games like Capture the Flag ranked on Aquarius. You guys know, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's my tips and takes. I mean. I hope that answers your question as well, John, because I'm like, oh, man, I'm already giving tips off the bat already, and I don't know what else to add on add on and such, because, like, <laughs> it just happens so fast. Like, I keep forgetting, like, the success um, we've made so far, but obviously I'm not going to stop. But what, have, what me and my company achieved, we're just we're going to keep on going and going, and I cannot wait to see what's next. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you gave some great tips as well, Greg. I mean, that's how we met the whole networking and getting involved in each other's communities. Yeah. John and I joining the Lunchbox Publications, UOTN, uh, mm -hmm. OG Flavortown, Eric and chat over there also was the one who kind of brought us all together as well on a different yep. level. So it's been nice getting to know you better on like in our respective areas and in gaming in general, but also outside of that too. So I oh, think definitely. that goes very far. I'm the still... other thing you mentioned, Greg, it was yeah. the console gaming and streaming directly from consoles. And that is one of those newer things, and I think a lot of people don't notice it, with so many console gamers out there with stuff like Call of Duty being the biggest game on both, really two of the three major platforms when it comes to console gaming. There is just so much accessibility as far as just jumping into the streaming world nowadays. And I think a lot of people get discouraged, like you were mentioning, having those low numbers up front, uh, or also thinking they need to have the highest quality mics or really nice cameras or lighting or everything like that up front, when really it's just find a way to get out there and start building an audience. And the consoles make that so much easier to do today. Again, um, me and my company, we're working with what we have out of our pockets, what we can afford. We don't have, some of us don't have PCs. Some of us don't have 
art tablets. Some of us don't even have any, how should I say, the latest consoles. I mean, I think if I... I'm not ashamed to say this. I'm I'm, only, I'm the only person rocking the PlayStation 5 at the moment. However, all my other um, co-workers who are also my friends, they're rocking PlayStation 4s or Xbox Ones. And I told them, like, don't be discouraged. We want to give... We want to offer the community and offer everyone around the world what we can afford and what we can show you guys. Because, again, folks don't rush yourself to get like affiliation or even partner even after you get affiliated and stuff take your time and just keep going and the grind is real like i i promise you it it can be frustrating but it doesn't but also and i think it's also important to remember john and joy you got to take a break for yourself like hey take it easy and take it take a deep breath and then once you're ready to go back the world will be waiting for you and your supporters will be there whoever's still with you till the end you already know who you're gonna. You're, you know who your who your following is and who your community is, and I promise you that, folks. It's it's a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I love all these tips, Greg. And I'm sure you'll have more as we go throughout the rest of the interview. But jumping back a little bit into your streaming career as a professional, what was one of the thoughts that went behind your mind in switching over to Halo as your main game? And there are a number of streamers out there that play a main game. There are another of a number of other ones that kind of approach it more of as a variety game type of stream. What were your thoughts going into just making Halo that main game when it did launch in December? To be honest with you, wait, I thought it was November, actually. Well, yeah, December for the full release. The beta was November, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, sorry, because I was thinking about November. Um, But you're right about the December release, because that's when the the full campaign came out. So, as I started um, a year enough, and a year and four months ago, exactly, I actually wanted to focus um i went full-on variety just playing uh, different games and doing the best i can to keep up with the schedule and stuff like mondays are rpgs tuesdays are um how should i say first person shooters wednesday co-op days thursday you know um stuff for the lunch box publications and fridays early stream before the weekend starts you know have a set schedule that's another tip guys um so my main focus was um how should i say excuse me it had to be like trying to find like the next big thing and something I was really comfortable with because I don't want to say, I mean, after so many years playing call of duty, which was my main game every single year, because me and my friends would play, you know, how should I say like, um, team deathmatch, of course, kill confirmed modes and stuff. And it was a fun thing to, um, share because I would have my moments, epic moments. Oh man, you got lit up. You know, all the, yes, the trash talk. It's true. And that would be my highlights. However, you to be fair and honest with you it got so when you i got so stagnant like i kept on staying in one place that i was thinking like it's not getting the views i needed it's or at the same time i'm not having fun because it's the same thing over and over again and i said to myself i need to branch out which is why full-time variety is playing different games and so if i think think about it I had to start off something new after the year. So when the Halo Alpha came out, you know, with the bot mode back in the summer and stuff like that, I started to get comfortable with it. And so I said to myself, I'm having more fun with this. Like, I wanted to get a fresh start, if that makes sense. Like, I wanted to, like, have a uh, a fresh state of mind. It's going to be a year since I've started doing this first time next to Lunchbox Publications work. I might as well transition to something new. And that's when the full beta came out. And that was a surprise, especially during the Xbox press conference, seeing 343 announced. And I was like, I think this is my time. This is it. Like, I'm going to go for it. 
I had more fun. I forgot about that I was streaming and I was actually being myself. I was like competitive and you would see my face doing this and I'm doing the lean, making people use their channel points telling me, you got to sit up straight, which I am, folks. And so I'm like, I'm having fun. This is it. I think I found it. And at the same time, I hate to bring up Sarah News, Activision and the Blizzard with the whole, you know, scandals issues were going on. It kind of got depressing and i was thinking about like i i was worried about myself being at the same time putting my image out there because i was thinking like i already automatically assumed and i hope i don't offend anyone listening if i play this game they think i'm representing blizzard or they think i'm representing activision for what they stand for and i'm like clearly not and i was thinking i need a new fresh start i don't want to get into that type of trouble i really don't like the drama halo came out at the right opportunity in time I wasn't interested in Vanguard. I was this close getting into Battlefield 2142 but or 2042, and it looked disappointing. And I was, uh, okay. Time to flip, flip the script. Something saved me. Halo releases. Took my shot, and look where I am now. Hearing John distracting me with Mickey laughs and stuff like that. And, uh, and um, learning from you, Joey, and you too, John, like about communication plays at the same time. Hey, he's one shot, he's one shot. And, you know, without you guys, of course, Chris, a.k.a. Takiwara, and everybody, and Denise, like, hey, take your time. And Luis, he's going to kill me if I don't mention him. Um, take my time at the, with the game, study it from the ground up. And lo and behold, John and Joey, not only I want to aim for this as to make content for, but start maybe next to the journalism career an esports casting career with this game because i feel like this is a fresh state for me as well so good opportunity yeah absolutely and you know you you, you kind of hit on it here a little bit also the the hype that came around with halo infinite obviously halo is a legendary game uh franchise uh that really is a staple to microsoft it's a staple to xbox it, it was the launch title for the original xbox Halo 2 is still considered one of the best all-around video games uh, created. It's personally one of my favorite video games ever, and I was in the Sony ecosystem at that time. Um, So, obviously, you're making that uh, decision to transition from a variety streamer, from someone who has, like, you know, know, uh, Racing Mondays and First Person Shooter Tuesdays to Halo, to, to a focused... Uh, uh, approach on Halo Infinite. So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you're you're excited for the new Halo. Um, I'm curious your take on wh- how you feel the game is of surrounding with all the hype that came with it, because obviously the older generation of gamers are super hyped. Younger generation gamers are really hyped also because they haven't had a really good Halo to play almost ever. Uh, sorry, yeah. Halo 5. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> Halo Infinite, it's also the first one available on PC. What I want to get your first impressions of this game, obviously, through the yeah. test flights, through the beta, now through the launch. What is your take on Halo Infinite? It's I'm loving it so far. If we're going to be talking about Lunchbox publications, we did not add that to game any game list for 2021 because people were like, what? I was like, hold up. The game came out too late. It was too late for us to put it into the shelf like like Cyberpunk 2077. We didn't want to be biased and stuff like that. And especially like, this is good. This is first person shooter game of the year. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. We're going to like 
check it out. So that's one thing. Number two, I'm loving it so far. I know slowly but steadily there's going to be updates. I know the team at 343 Industries are doing the best way they can to take care of issues. Yes, people, I hear you out there with the cheaters. Of I bumped into some of them myself, but I got I have to just shrug, sigh, and keep on playing and just like ignore them. Of course, um, it's a it's a great state. I know the game is quote unquote. I know you said fully released in December to to Joey, but in my head I was thinking, yo, we're still gonna get content for this. It's not over because not everything is released. Let's be honest, folks. A lot of weapons are still not in this game because. And a lot of the maps have been um, have been revamped or haven't been released yet. And we know a lot of data miners have been doing their best of stuff to um, let people know, hey, this is coming, even though the, the maps look like a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. So let's uh, be patient and wait. And But again, to be fair and honest with you, John, to answer your question, I didn't give a, a full, how should I say, a full score out of five yet the game because it's undone it's not finished because i'm having fun with it i'm still making content with it but i'm still not yet full to make a full review i haven't even beat the campaign myself but that's another that's another thing i have to say as well um but slowly but surely i know the community is growing very quickly especially the new generation um a lot of it's it's kind of funny then i I, I should be shameful not saying that and John, you caught me doing this, but a lot of people have been make, making Reddit memes about saying like, what does it, what are, why are people twerking on my face after they kill me? Okay. <laughs> let's uh, take a step back. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, we laugh out loud. And again, John, you've seen me doing those. Twerking Toxic. Moves. <laughs> Toxic. <laughs> but so Hugh, but I mean, pay, sh- slowly, but surely, we're going to see the game update and stuff, and we're going to see a new generation of players come in, um, both for campaign and people, and like Mint, I think it's Minty Royale doing those crazy gravity hammer plays of sending a warthog from one area to another, doing Breath of the Wild Zelda stuff. Y- y'all are crazy out there. And um, we're going to see more. I mean, DLC-wise and content-wise, not just maps, but... New weapons bring back the DMR. I don't want the commando anymore. <laughs> and uh, here's the I mean, I'm loving it so far, even if it's still in quote unquote development. Be and I wish Tashi and John and the rest of the other team nothing but the best over at 343 because again, it's slowly but surely we'll crossing our fingers for um, the full, the full, full release. And I'm thinking we're going to get new modes from what I've been hearing about because Infection has been one of them. Yep. And King of the Hill hasn't been added yet. And everyone's saying, where is it? People are asking me, Greg, where is it? Okay, let me tell you this. February, maybe give it a little bit. And the number one question I've been getting, John and Joey, Greg, when are the cat ears coming back? I don't know yet. I will let you know as soon as I find out. Should have got them when they were in the store. That's all I'm going to say. People missed out on it because they, again, John, the, another thing I should mention too, which was a great move on both 343 and Microsoft's point, it's free to play when it comes to multiplayer. It's a yep. good time to join in, folks. And um, especially since you haven't experienced Halo yet and it's a brand new engine, both um, pros, um, veterans of the game, fans, and newcomers, this is now the chance to um, play now. Like get used to the, get used to the mechanics, get used to the gunplay, and uh, 
hopefully us three will see you guys in the, the Halo Championship Series in the future. Who knows? Just so. real quick, Panicking Pat in chat, uh, he's the biggest cat ear fan in all of Halo Infinite. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> I know for a fact he bought them like within the first five seconds they were available. He rocks them every game. So shout out to Panicking Pat, the uh, Halo cat ear lover here in OTN, <laughs> uh, Joey. Look at that. Oh, absolutely love it um, but yeah greg i think you make some good points and i think they're points that a lot of people kind of really look over in a sense when they're talking about halo not everything is going to be out there day one unfortunately that's kind of where we are with live service games for better or for worse depending how you feel about it um, but certain ones do it really well i mean you look at fortnite it has been up toward the top of the charts for so long now uh, call of duty it's a little bit more complete when it comes out but you're still getting new maps, you're still getting new weapons, you're still getting new assets added to that along with battle passes. Uh, Apex Legends is another one. So there are very successful models out there of how live service can work, and I do think Halo will be one of them. Unfortunately, this was a Halo that was in development for like five or six years. Everyone wanted it to be semi-complete when it came out, Um, but it's very different. I mean, Campaign took an open-world approach, which is something very new to the series. Uh, There are still linear missions, but it still has that open-world aspect. You look at the multiplayer with the live service. I mean, they're looking at bringing things later on. Like, sure, Halo 3, Halo 2, we had DLC packs, but we're talking many, many, many more maps coming through the line here with Halo Infinite. Many new guns, tons of new cosmetics, new modes like you were mentioning, Greg. Uh, There's rumor that there's also a Battle Royale mode in the works with a partnership with certain affinity. So there's a number of different things coming to this game on top of other stuff that we do know already announced, like co-op for campaign coming sometime in May. You have Forge mode, uh, which I think is really going to be the lifeblood of this game moving forward. Once you've got a custom browser, you have Forge mode, the ability to play uh, zombies and Griffball on custom maps and pirates and uh, flush the toilet and Jenga and all those like crazy custom game modes from back in the day on top of all the new capabilities of today. So I think there's a lot to look forward to and a lot to continue to cover with Halo as we go. Um, But Greg, before we switch over to the HCS scene, uh, what are your thoughts on, let's talk about maps for a moment. Yeah, There's a lot of back and forth on maps. Some people love Behemoth. Some people hate Behemoth. Uh, if you had to look at the full map set, the limited map set at the moment of what's available in Halo, what map sticks out to you as the one you enjoy playing on the most so far? If I think about it, it has to be streets. Um, I'm loving um, the, the weapon placements back and forth from, um, let's say, for A-side with uh, police station and... Um, balconies yeah i can say balcony balcony and of course you have the seaside with of course with the subway and of course there's the arcade the infamous uh, b um it's a great for me that's a great map to get used to when it because it reminds me of the old school uh um beaver creek do you if you guys not beaver creek um is it called beaver oh i forgot that map back in um halo halo um Halo Gosh. three. Or I know Halo what you're talking about, you know too. talking about. It's like there's a heck, there's like an octagon in the middle and stuff like that. Sniper rifles and in two sides and stuff. If someone can remember that name on chat, please. Um, but it has that um open world feeling and stuff like that because there's like multiple platforms and high air and of course closed in areas for um awesome gunfights and of course melee. Oh, I'm sorry, boxing matches that people like to go forth and stuff, and. I, I mean, I used to be attrition, the one with the indoor um, blue and yellow refrigeration map and stuff like that with either camo or overshield in middle. But slowly but surely, Streets got, gave it all to me because it also had those hiding places that you can hide in, like in like such as alleyway and, of course, top pipes, of course. So, yes. But 
definitely streets is a good way to get started when it comes to uh, knowing uh, quote unquote special moves such as uh, long sliding glitches and of course jumps and stuff kiting in between again passageways and uh, especially jumps to get from to subway platform next to shock rifle or um, stalker rifle of course and that was the most I think yeah most memorable map because I think that's the no, no, no. That's the best. That's one of the best maps. I would get like eighteen to three, or hopefully seventeen and five uh, KD and stuff like that, something like that. But um, that's fun. That that's uh, for almost from strongholds. I haven't played all ball for a while, but I gotta go back. But all ball's fun mode to play there as well. And nope, it's not a capture the flag map. So yeah, that's basically the uh, strongholds, team slayer, attrition, and um, and. St- Oddball, those 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 four modes, those modes for that for that map. That's it. All right, so we're gonna transition here a little bit since uh, we we know you, you are upset that that behemoth was removed uh, from from no. Halo because it was by Big far your, your your favorite map in the game. Oh my god! Uh, so it was everyone's favorite map. We're gonna be completely honest here. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> obviously, extreme sarcasm. <laughs> that map is horrible, uh, but. Uh, that opinion is also shared with our yeah. uh, Halo pros in the current mm-hmm. scene, which, you know, if there, if there is one big thing uh, that yeah. Joey, myself, and you love is kind of the reemergence of the HCS, of the pro Halo yeah. scene, after Halo 5 did it very dirty uh, years ago. Uh, we have Halo Infinite coming back. Uh, the HCS in Raleigh was amazing. Joe and I had the uh, honor to to uh, and the opportunity to go down there uh, and experience it. I know you watched it as well, and like you, all of us, we watch it uh, before we start level up, and we watch it after level up is over uh, because Cloud Nine just runs the table. I'm just gonna say that. But I want to get your take on this as as someone who's a Halo fan and as someone who covers the gaming industry, who also. Uh, puts out articles covering the esports scene as well. The HCS has really come back with a vengeance and has really shaken up the esports scene. Obviously, it's not going to be up there with like a League of Legends, but it is pulling in numbers that could that people could easily argue make it a solid B tier, if not a low A tier esports scene going forward. What is your current take right now on the HCS and and how they're doing going forward with this game? It's huge um if i think about it it we had a small small bad delay like between the years and stuff like that joey you know what i'm about to talk about because it was a huge shocker and surprise that frosty um from the sentinels he actually joined up with uh the the call of duty community you remember that and we were everyone was like why the sun switch while sentinels or during that time tops gaming they automatically went straight to you know old school tournaments for halo 3 and of course and stuff like that and the halo scene sort of died after the last halo 5 guardians um pro game and it just sucked because everyone was like what are you gonna do are you going to be making some type of um tournament and stuff like that that deals with halo 5 no um we're just not gonna continue it so it just went quiet. The Halo community in the pro scene went a bit quiet. However, they did other tournaments such as, again, Halo 3. And it got some attention. It got familiar and fresh faces back. Like, 
shout outs to Michael, aka Flamesword, who came back and represented status quo for um one of the DreamHack tournaments for Halo 3 and stuff. And we did see a rivalry once again that sparked from Snipe Down and Lethal, which was pretty cool. And but the thing is, of course, the the rise of the Call of Duty League and the Overwatch League sort of took players and people away from that attention because no one wanted to see old school gaming they wanted to see the latest trend but how can you still be the latest trend when halo 5 stopped which was bad and of course the xbox series consoles were sort of coming out at that time they're both the x and the s's so you know with all the quiet down and especially with all the buzz and shouts to the washington justice <laughs> of course with the Overwatch League and of course the Call of Duty Duty League. Yeah, you know, New York um subliners of course and of course Optic Texas. And for the old for the old people out there, of course, Chicago Huntsman under the NRG banner, you know, everyone started getting hyped especially with the franchises that were being made. But I think Halo Championship Series or HGS for short saved that. Saved it from from being a franchise but but becoming still an esports league, but not being controlled if that makes sense if you guys know what i mean not no no city names nothing just esports organizations doing their thing and if i think about it i'm giving mad props to the community because they funded all the skins that you are buying folks to represent your teams and all the cosmetics help make the prize pool and it just i feel like three for threes um pro scene when it comes to the esports industry they answered back in a positive way and that we've never seen before because you have riot games doing league of legends and of course valorant and of course is it yeah still valve correct when it comes to the csgo stuff yeah for the most part they work with a bunch of different partners but yeah valve oversees it hcs like i feel like they did it on their own of course and they wanted to take it back to the days of uh i'm gonna sound and for all you boomers out there major league gaming days and remember those price pools weren't as big and such and look at the price pools now i mean cloud nine and now you see status quo of course sentinels e united phase clan and optic gaming still kicking and keeping it alive and taking it back to the old days of how esports was when it comes to halo so i mean i'm impressed john joey and I wish I was still young in my age before, before the college days. And I wish I would say like, hey, pick me up. I mean, I would love to show signs like this and stuff like that. I mean, but um, I would don't mind casting it because it's something that I love. I mean, 2010, um, October, I went to the DC event for the first time with uh, Ishmael Garcia. And we met, um, I met T-Squared. I met Del Walshi and I met, so many of the other pros who are still playing today, even Pistola for one of them, who's now an Optic Gaming, and I wish, and here's hoping Final Boss would come back with a bang, and I don't know who's going to be under that banner, but who knows? So, here we go. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely, and, 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 and Greg, I just, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around this one part of the world of esports, which is, when you hit your mid-20s, you're now a boomer. Um, it is something I, I will never accept anywhere in my life because that's just so backwards to everything else. Cause it's like, you know, obviously 16, 17 and 18 year olds that are playing these games. I mean, like we see how skilled they are, but like, for whatever reason, it's like 25 hits and it's like, Oh wait, I have to, I have to aim up to shoot. Oh, okay. It's like just boomeritis hits real quick. But Joey, I know, I know you had one more question for him. 
Yeah, Greg, as we get ready to wrap up the interview and move into some of the other topics, uh, one other big glaring question that always comes up with gamers is there's so many games that come out in a year, and 2022 being one of those big years. Uh, You have God of War Ragnarok coming out. Horizon Forbidden West is coming out this year. Uh, Gran Turismo 7, a rumor of a new Forza Horizon. Starfield, I mean, the list goes on and on. So of all these games coming out in 2022, is there one in particular that you're very excited for and looking forward to playing? Elden Ring. Elden Ring got my attention off the bat. Ever since um, playing Demon's Souls for the first time on the PlayStation 5, I, I wanted to venture, again, this was back during my variety stream days. I mean, I still stream for the Lunchbox for when it comes to any type of games besides Halo. Um, has to be Elden Ring off the bat due to the fact that it had that Demon Souls, but it also has that bloodborne which again same company from software um it has that feel but it's also being made by uh and produced by guillermo del toro which is like whoa that that's a big name and we haven't seen him team up with another developer since obviously hideo kojima's death stranding of course which he made a cameo in and of course he was also part of that and I'm sorry to bring this up, all you fans out there. He was supposed to work on the next Silent Hill, and then it, that just flopped automatically, and it just, it was unfortunate. But I I think it's Del Toro, or was it, oh my gosh, I, I, th- I think I got the names mixed up, because wasn't it supposed to be that, who wrote the books for um Game of Thrones? Yeah, I was going to say, I know the Game of Thrones writer is involved. Sorry, my bad. See, that's what we want to see. George R.R. R. Martin, yeah. there you go. That's the guy. Forgive me, chat. Forgive me, level up fans. You can unfollow <laughs> me after that mistake. <laughs> Anyways, um, because Elden Ring is, it's like it shows a bit of like the graphically. It's it's very unique. It's very clean. It has that gritty moments as a, a Demon Soul game, but it has that fantasy aspect of it. And co-op, that's definitely on my list. I mean, I would love to play that game with uh, Denise or any of them other of my other friends and stuff like that either you guys if you want to join and team up with me i mean please i would love um i would love to team with you guys with that game besides playing halo of course i mean we got to branch out out there and take a break sometime and i think that's it because with all these uh with all what microsoft is buying and stuff with all these companies especially since playstation is now rumored to buy another major company i don't know who it is i mean the backlog is just growing and growing and growing and growing and i can't wait to see 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 what's next and i'm gonna vote for your elden ring just for your poll right now yep i have every right to do that next it, it's rigged it's rigged when you do that it's it's completely fine oh my god <laughs> you're good no you're good you're, no recounts allowed here in twitch polls um but but greg uh again thank you so much for joining us here today we're gonna go ahead no and just wrap up the interview portion and the reason why we're ending it this way is because we're not going to kick you out. We're actually going to keep you on here for the rest of the show as Aww, we transition okay. <laughs> into gaming and esports news as well. Uh, but before we do that, I uh, just want to put it on record for everyone out there, Greg. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow Greg on social media at The Remix. If you're looking here live on Twitch, it's literally right there below him. Uh, it's spelled T E H R 3 M 1 X. Uh, because it's gamer, that's why. Uh, follow the Lunchbox <laughs> publications as well on Twitter. It's the Lunchbox Pub, spelled T E H, then Lunchbox Pub normally. Uh, so there as well. Uh, Joey will put that in chat for everyone to follow as well. Greg, thank you so much. Um, also, know. please by all means shout out your Twitch and, any, and all other social media for you and the and the Lunchbox publications, please. 
Um, same thing as uh, the Twitter links that you see on in chat chat as well. But instead of Twitter.com, it's Twitch.tv slash the remix or the Lunchbox Pub. And also uh, check us out. Definitely check us out on Twitter because all of our stuff is basically on our link tree. And we would love for you guys to also join the Discord. John and Joy are part of it. They're they're great. They're they're great. And at the same time, who knows? We might hire them in the near future for casting. I mean, oh, no. look, if if you're, tra- if, you're, if you're trying to get people to join your server, saying that uh. we're in there is probably not a good idea. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. So, <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, kind, we kind of bring it down a level or two. No, no, uh, no. No, no again, but absolutely. Go ahead. Again, it's an honor to know you both. I mean, especially when me, Matt, Denise, and the rest of the crew met you guys. I mean, bump into each other at uh, meet parties, especially hosted by the Game Gym and, of course, the Overwatch League get-togethers before the pandemic started and stuff. Again, like, it's... I'm also learning from you guys as well. Like, the, folks, if you're not following these two, please, that's the worst mistake of your life. These guys are awesome. I learned from them. I learned from their broadcasting at the same time, how to speak properly, how to... You can learn from these two. Please, like, man, give them a chance because they're doing a great... Excuse my language. Damn job here <gasps> in the DVMV area. I've I know that's not a bad word, but still. <laughs> okay, it, Greg, your, uh, oh, your 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 check is in the mail. Uh, thank you for the kind words. We do ah, appreciate stop, that. Stop. Uh, but Joey, uh, we're going to go ahead and transition now to the second half of the show again. Uh, Greg is going to be sticking around. Uh, the dude's got a brain worth of like gaming and esports knowledge himself. Uh, so we're going to keep him around and get his opinion on some of these. Uh, news stories as well, Joey. But I'm going to kick it over to you as we transition to the second half of the show. Gaming and eSports News. Let's go! Absolutely, guys. Welcome. A couple more topics today. So we're talking Microsoft's Q2 earnings report. We are talking Activision Blizzard and updating a few on that acquisition with Microsoft. We're talking The Rock making another appearance in a video game-based movie and a few other topics before we wrap up today's show. So diving into the Microsoft Q2 earnings report. It's a little bit numbery at the front, but there's a reason we're going over it. Gaming revenue is up 8% for them in quarter two. Xbox content and services up 10%. Xbox hardware revenue up 4%. And guys, this is after a huge Q2 last year. Gaming in general has been booming. PlayStation, big gains. Nintendo, big gains. Microsoft, big gains. All these publishers, huge games. Over COVID, really, since COVID started in 2020, gaming has taken a huge rise, and it was already rising. It just continued to rise throughout COVID. And because of this, Greg, I mean, you've watched a lot of this too from Lunchbox Publications. They just continue to hit marks, and it continues to grow. And the amount of money being poured into games right now is bigger than it ever has been. And it doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon. Exactly. If I think about it, the pandemic, since a lot of people are staying from home and stuff, that that increased uh, so many sales in video games and such, especially for the Nintendo Switch. During 2020, I remember when the pandemic was, was starting to begin and everyone was being given a stay at home order. Do not go out without, you know, without any, how should I say, any reason to or and of course, wear a mask and stuff. We saw a rise when it comes to uh, the Nintendo Switch sales because people were playing at home. And, of course, you can't... I mean, everyone's still playing to this day. Animal Crossing was the biggest uh, game to be picked up and being being played on the console. So, uh, yeah. I mean, not just that. We also saw a rise in uh, PC game purchases. I dare not ask the sales numbers when it comes to Steam because, obviously, when sales happened, Valve took it... Valve took it opportunity like hey if you're staying home play these games and stuff like that and 
games were on sale boom the money money was going across the board and stuff making gabe ri- gabe newell rich again and not making a half-life 3 but in other words but in other words you're right joey i completely agree this well i mean I, I don't want to say this in a bad way, and I'm not trying to offend anyone out there. The pandemic actually helped the video game sales rise and stuff like that. Because besides doing work and staying at home and stuff like that, of course, exercising and watching movies and stuff, gaming is another part of entertainment. And that definitely brought in a lot of money to the industry. So I can't, you can't deny anything about that. Yeah, yeah, and- for sure. I mean, people were looking for ways to connect with one another. And like you said, Animal Crossing was a way to do that. Discord become a way to do that. Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, all these ways to connect with family and friends just became more and more uh, really proficient in that time. John, I think you were about to jump in there as no, well. No, you actually took the words out of my mouth. Uh, but since I have the floor real quick, the poll has ended, Joey, uh, in Twitch chat for what 2020 game, 2022 game are you most excited for? Uh, Starfield won. Uh, no shocker there. Uh, Starfield won there. Uh, it was close. Uh, second place was Other. So, uh, chat, if you put Other, I'm curious, go ahead and put in the chat what game you are looking for. Uh, forward to in 2022. It would be interesting to see there as well. Then Elden Ring coming up in third place. Uh, no love for God of War, uh, which is atrocious. Yeah, that one because, surprised me. Uh, God of War is a fantastic game. It's a fantastic series. Yes, I understand it's a Sony exclusive, but if you have if you don't own a PlayStation, you don't plan on getting a PlayStation, you don't want to hunt for a PlayStation 5, uh, check it out on Twitch, check it out on YouTube. The, the story is amazing. The gameplay is fantastic. It is one of the games that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, but yeah, it's a little, little surprising. God of War Ragnarok didn't get any love here in the poll, uh, but Starfield, the most looked forward to game, and rightfully so. The, the game looks fantastic from what we've seen. T-SPAN says Overwatch 2. T-SPAN, I'm oh, going to time you boy. out. Yeah, and other people are talking about FIFA over here. I'm very worried for our chat right yeah, now. Our, our <laughs> Star Wars Legos? Okay, that I mean, that's fair. That that's looks fair. good, actually. I saw gameplay of that. I was like, I did not expect it to look like this. Okay, so, okay. I'm definitely down for that. If I think about it, I forgot about the new Legend of Zelda. I'm also thinking about the new, um, of course, Splatoon 3 for everyone rocking the Switch consoles, the Switch consoles, especially since Dread was a huge game for uh, Metroid Dread, of course, was a huge game for the Nintendo Switch. And that made bank so much like on day one, which I was really surprised for because it also has people waiting for the next Metroid Prime title. John and Joey says everyone's crossing their fingers about that and of course bayonetta 3 which is another um, nintendo switch um, exclusive which is from uh, platinum games so i know a lot of uh, no that's gonna be huge oh man i can't I'm, I'm also reading your chat too guys because eric brought up a good one and uh, uh star wars jedi fallen order 2 man <laughs> I'm kind of salty, Joey, because I need to go back play that game because I need to get the trophies. Got to get that platinum, man. That's I a hard one. To. Exploring those maps to. was a freaking nightmare because they oh, are just no. not easy to traverse back and forth. Like it's so linear once you get onto the maps that it it takes a while. And I know OG Flavortown has played through the game quite a few times, so he can attest to it as well. It is it is not easy to find every secret and chest and really just work your way back through maps multiple times. Ease. Oh man. So sliding over, a few other things came out in the Microsoft earnings report. We're not going to break down the 2021 year in particular, but the content and services made up 77% of the revenue during that time. That's your Xbox Live, your Xbox Gold, uh, your Game Pass being very big there as well. Um, But looking at a few other notes, so Halo, we now have some player numbers. It has surpassed 20 million players since launch. 
I don't know what launch means, if they're going off the December date or if they're going off the November date. I would assume November here. Um, but regardless, 20 million players jumping into Halo, getting into their Spartan suits. On top of that, Forza Horizon 5, that one launched in early November and has already pulled in 18 million people as well. And it's now launching in China pretty shortly too, so that number could really skyrocket here in the near future. Uh, both these games kind of like carrying Microsoft's quarter four or holiday quarter really, uh, both coming out with really, really big numbers here in just a couple months. You got me really thinking about the when I, I I thought it was already released like worldwide, including China, but it hasn't been released yet. You say? Like, yeah, I think it's, it's still being natively done for Chinese. So it's, once it's fully done for the Chinese versions of the console, it should be released there. And I can only imagine how big that game could get over there as well. That number is going to be so doubled super quickly. I cannot wait till like maybe hopefully we'll see more numbers in quarter three. You think? Yeah, yeah, I think there's a possibility. And I don't know if they technically loop into the U.S. servers either. I think because China runs their own kind of uh, Chinese server side stuff over there. So I don't know if the numbers yeah. will fully get poured in. Um, but overall, yeah, 20 million players on Halo, 18 million on Forza, and 25 million subscribed to Game Pass now as well. Yep, yep, double the numbers on quarter three. There, there, there's no there's no com competition at the moment. Microsoft is really, really, really killing it at this time, especially after last week. I mean, yeah, last week's uh, purchase. So, yeah, here we go, here we go. We'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, we'll also be touching on these Sony and Nintendo earnings calls when they happen. They are currently scheduled for February 2nd. So assuming that all goes as planned, we'll be touching on those probably on next week's episode. With that, let's slide into Activision Blizzard. So we talked about the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft and all the pieces that fell into place for that last week. But now we have some more news. The first bit, the first half of that news rather, is the new survival game. We haven't had a new IP from Activision Blizzard, or Blizzard rather, for quite a while, Overwatch being the most recent one. Now we do know there's a survivor game or survival game, uh, something in the vein of like an arc being worked on over there. New characters, completely new IP. Uh, I've never been a big, big survival game fan, but I'm pretty stoked to see a new IP from Blizzard. Yeah, I saw this picture, um, the one you have on screen at the moment. This looks... Do you think... So here's my question for you guys. Do you think ever since Microsoft did that acquisition or... Uh, the ink is finally dry, right? Everything's fully paid for, like Microsoft. So no, so yes and no. They've oh, okay, everyone's okay. agreed to be acquired, and it's all moving forward. The price has been decided. Uh, now it just has to go through all the jurisdiction stuff. So all the lawyers have okay. to approve it, and all that action, uh, okay. and the U.S. Supreme Court, and all that. So, so once it makes it through okay. all the business-related expenses from the EU and the U.S. and every type of court that has to approve it, then the ink will be dry. Um, but for now, it's just between the two companies. So now my now, which brings me to my question: Do you honestly think that this was like a Blizzard idea? Like after it was purchased by Microsoft, it all just switched over. Like it all just switched over to um, fully to uh, announce that. If that makes sense, I think that could have been a discussion to hold off the announcement until then. Okay. Um, but this has definitely been a game in the works for a while. It's been in the works for at least two years, from what we've heard. So it's been being worked on in the background, and supposedly it's a very good team over there, uh, one of the cleanest teams away from the Activision Blizzard mess of this last couple of years. Um, but overall, it sounds like this IP has been in development. Maybe it was just announced because the acquisition was announced. Um, but overall, it does seem like something that people are excited about over there. And then just the world in general. Blizzard is one of those really unique companies, unique developers that brings really cool IPs to the table. And it's been a while since we've got a new one from them. Uh, we've seen some art on this. And John, I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. 
I know you're a big guy when it comes to art and lore. What are your thoughts of Blizzard developing a new universe outside of the StarCraft and WarCraft we already have? True. So, I mean, look, in all honesty, we have to take a look at this in a unique perspective. The original team and the team that made World of Warcraft the masterpiece of lore that it is, the team that made StarCraft a very unique lore experience as well. And even to a point, Overwatch, uh, dare I say, has some lore to it as well. Uh, most of those people are gone. Uh, the, the creative minds behind it have departed the studio. Um, so I think this is a really unique opportunity to take a fresh start going into a survival game. Uh, obviously, Blizzard has standards when it comes to what they're looking for, when it comes to... Uh, storytelling to lore uh, they're very much into that mythical um you know elves magic different realms kind of uh fantasy feel uh so that's why i'm kind of expecting this to be as well the concept art uh again you can't look too far into concept art but i like the direction that they are showing obviously uh, on that screen that we just previewed as well they're hiring a ton of people for this game as well this is easily years and years and years away five six seven years away if these are the people they're still hiring i would not expect a new ip to come out uh from at least blizzard or at least this survival game ip for minimum four or five years uh and, and that and that's on the very uh 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 hopeful wishful kind of side of things because as we all know overwatch their first original ip when that came out uh, was 10 years in between their last original IP. It, it is a process, and, and rightfully so. I, I trust the creative minds at Blizzard, not exactly their leadership, but I, I, I trust and trust the creative minds in the studios, and I think with the Microsoft acquisition, they're yeah. going to allow them the freedom to be very creative and very open with ideas, something the uh, Microsoft Gaming Studios has been very open about with a lot of their studios they acquired is allowing them that leeway, which gets me excited. And, you know, there's a lot of Blizzard fans out there that are kind of excited at the prospect of Microsoft allowing those creative minds in Blizzard to really, you know, reach into their imagination and create something special. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, think it's a I think it's a good time to start getting excited again now that the, the leadership of Blizzard Activision is on their way out. They're going to be led by Microsoft uh, so I, I'm kind of at that point now where it's like, you know, maybe I might allow myself to get excited for a survival game coming from Blizzard. Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot to take away there, and there's not really too much information yet, so it's more speculation than anything. But as we get further down the line to see what they're going to bring to this new IP, uh, something fresh, and hopefully it'll end up as a rebirth in a sense for that company going through so much now, and there's still many things that need to be done on the back end. But hopefully this is the beginning of what the new era of Blizzard will end up looking like. I was going to say, um, whenever um, they're going to do, I don't know if we're going to get another one, another quote-unquote Blitzcon, maybe we'll see something, maybe some concept art along the line. However, in my head, I was also thinking about holding back and saying that because I said to myself, we, game development takes time. And I agree with John completely. So step-by-step, step, introduce us to something when you're comfortable with it blizzard that's all we're trying to say so again we can't we don't want to rush it because we don't want it to be another forgive me for saying this another cyberpunk 2077 hot mess and look what happened so 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or a what is it, Star Wars thirteen thirteen? And maybe it never makes the light of day. Oh my god. So yeah, I mean, those, those coming back to Twitter today, unfortunately. If there's anything uh, we learned about Cyberpunk, is that you can release a bad game, but as long as you have a thirty seven gig patch to fix everything, you're golden. All about patching life. <laughs> Uh, so the next thing with Activision Blizzard to bring some updates. So we had a big topic last week, and it seemed like the biggest topic on social media with Call of Duty being acquired by Xbox through this deal. What does it mean for PlayStation gamers? Is Call of Duty still coming to the platform? Is it done? Uh, we still don't quite know the answer. So based on a quote from Twitter from Phil Spencer last week, he said, in quotes, he had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. And there's a few other interviews where Phil went a little bit more in depth that it wasn't really to keep anything away from Sony in a sense, but more to uh, continue to keep the industry thriving with other people kind of looking in like your Apples, your Amazons, your Googles, uh, who haven't really taken a full approach to it. We saw Google launch Stadia and they haven't really supported it much since. Amazon with Luna has been a little bit better to a degree but still leaves a lot to be desired. And now we have Apple kind of looking in uh, as well as putting a lot of restrictions on developers on the app store. So I think more than anything, he's trying to continue to keep the industry as a whole, but it is a business. And Xbox realizes there's a lot of money in Activision Blizzard, uh, even with it continuing to drop off over the recent couple of years. But overall, the Call of Duty franchise is a behemoth in and of itself. So we got a little bit more information this week. Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg came out with a new post. And in his post, he says, and quote, Activision is committed to releasing at least the next three Call of Duty games on PlayStation, even after the Xbox acquisition, according to people familiar with the deal. And what are those three games? That is Call of Duty 2022, which is going to be Modern Warfare 2, or the new Modern Warfare number 2. Then you have Call of Duty 2023, which I believe is going to be a Black Ops game, and then Warzone number 2 also releasing in 2023, and that'll kind of be the next-gen version of Warzone. After that, it's hazier, according to his quote. So we don't know where Call of Duty will be after that, but given the deal that PlayStation has already signed with Activision Blizzard prior to the arrangement now being made with Microsoft, they will at least get the next three games on that platform, possibly a lot more than that, but at least those next three with probably some kind of exclusivity tied in as well. Uh, John, going over to you first, what are your thoughts here? Obviously, Call of Duty is such a big franchise, especially in the West, tying it to one platform. Do you see that as the business decision Microsoft makes here, or do you think they keep it open? I would think they keep it open. I, I think the reason why it's hazier after Warzone 2 coming out, uh, one, we don't know when that deal with Sony actually expires, so there could always be new negotiations. Obviously, it's a new ownership group now with the studio, so you have to take that into account. And the other thing, too, is maybe we might not be looking at a Call of Duty that gets pumped out on an annual basis. Uh, God forbid, do I dare say, maybe we get a COD every two years, maybe every three years. Maybe we have some stability in the Call of Duty scene. Now, I mean, Microsoft is a large corporation. They like money. Who doesn't like money? So that being said, they could stick with the annual release, but then they also be putting out mediocre game year after year, kind of like what Activision was doing. So I see this more as a reset period. Yes, Microsoft is going to honor the current standing agreement with Sony when it comes to Call of Duty, keep a cross-platform. But after that, I guess it really comes down to with what Microsoft wants to do with that franchise. Do they want to keep going with the annual release of a game? 
uh, a game that obviously is going to sell well, but uh, you know, ratings and reviews not being super stellar. It's going to shake up the esports scene every single year. It's not going to bring any stability to that. Or are they going to take a step back and say, hey, we're going to do it every two years and then kind of renegotiate that deal with Sony based upon how those games are going to be released? That's a massive question mark. And that's why I think, you know, we saw Jason say this is going to be a little bit hazier after Warzone 2 coming out. And I think rightfully so. I don't think Xbox, I don't think Microsoft, I should say, is going to go out of their way to slam the door on Sony and any kind of cross-platform, you know, sharing of this game since that's what this game originally, you know, one of the reasons why it was so great is because it's on cross-platform. And Microsoft has been, oh, this is still so weird to say, very gamer-friendly, pro-gamer. So I would actually be kind of surprised if they did decide to make that decision to make COD an Xbox exclusive. Uh, so I, I do think they'll keep it um, on both consoles going forward. But again, it comes down to what what their long-term plan is going to be. Over to you, Greg. What are your thoughts on this? I agree with uh, John, and I was thinking about the same thing. I would rather take a play on Ubisoft's book, just like what they did for the Assassin's Creed series, take a break. Because we, at this point, the entire series has been too badly saturated i'm being honest when i say that a lot of the pros and a lot of um fans alike are not happy with them with the scene and stuff and such and um matter of fact like the game needs to at least to be take out take it off easy i mean the campaign is story-wise wonderful wonderful it's the multiplayer everyone's being looked that's being looked at constantly over time over time that also includes the call of duty league like that's what I'm. My main focus was in my head. I was thinking, hold on. I know we're now play. I know a lot of pro players are playing in pro PCs now. At the same time, we still haven't seen a ranked play mode, which is not going to be released until February of next month, which is so like super super late, which and is unacceptable. Matter of fact, a lot of the pro players were a bit upset since Halo got it first ranked play before they did, and that game came out, and Vanguard came out in early October. Correct if I'm. If I'm not mistaken, early November, early November. Got you. Got you. And so it's going to be, let's see what happens first for like the next three years, 20 uh, for the rest of 2022, 23 and 24. And then we'll take it from there. But I couldn't agree more with you, John, take a break from the series, because if you don't take it back to what it was like during the days, especially adding new stuff that we're not used to seeing yet like what is this and stuff like that what's this new feature you're gonna start losing players and i really really hate to um bring this up but dr disrespect said the best after he got taken down on a during a stream he said out loud microsoft isn't gonna save you well we'll see what happens next from there because it's 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 looking a bit it's looking a bit um hopeful but again with the with the acquisition but crossing your fingers for a small break like please give infinity ward treyarch and sledgehammer games a chance to build it the right way at least and um microsoft whenever you get the chance to so here's hoping yeah i definitely agree with you guys and i think we do see a move back to a two-year cycle like when we look at cod when it was at its height it was getting that extra year that extra time of polish that extra time to be a little bit more innovative in short a lot of it was still copy and paste the cod formula the tried and true uh, but you did at least come out with more polished games less buggy games so i think 
Eventually, they'll work their way back to that. And a lot of these support studios that have been brought on from COD under Activision, I think, do eventually start making their own IPs, like your Toys for Bob. Maybe they can do some Spyro or some Banjo, um, doing different things like that. Should become a thing under Microsoft, assuming the deal does eventually go through. Now, one thing that might not need any rest because he's been resting up a while for video game movies is The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has come out and quoted himself in an interview here. Uh, I believe it was with Men's Journal, yes. So in an interview with Men's Journal, he was asked, you've had a long history with Microsoft and the Xbox. Do you have any plans to bring video game characters to the big screen? And The Rock being himself, he gave a nice little smirk, and then he came out and said, I've always been a big Madden fan. I can tell you which game in particular we're doing, or he can't tell you in particular which game he's going to be doing, but there will be an announcement this year. We're going to bring one of the biggest, most badass games to the screen, one that I've played for years. I'm really excited to bring it to the fans around the world. Of course, we're going to do right by our gamer friends. And then he goes on to say, but really, we're just going to make a great movie. Uh, guys, I'm excited for this. I think The Rock does a great job in a lot of the movies he's in. Some don't quite hit as well, but a number of them do end up quite good. Uh, in the end, another game movie I think is always a good thing. A lot of game movies has missed in recent years. They haven't quite hit the mark, but we have seen a number of them. Uh, Prince of Persia did quite well. We've seen The Witcher adapted quite well over on Netflix too. So a number of them starting to make good transitions over from video games to movies. With The Rock in mind, what IP do you guys think he could be starring in here? Greg, I'll start with you first. I'm sorry. John's face cracked me up because I knew he was, I was like, please go first, John, so I could hear what you're going to say, but <laughs> you picked me. <laughs> um, I changed things up, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so a lot of people have been making jokes. A lot of people have been copying, pasting The Rock's face on Steve from Minecraft. Y'all need to chill out with that, which was kind of funny. I was not going to lie. But um, it, it got me thinking, especially since you know, it, sort of video game movie still still the topic. They announced the development of Mortal Kombat 2, which is like, okay, here we go. But if I could pick one franchise, we can't. I can't say Halo because it's going to be a television show underneath the Paramount Plus. We're going to see the trailer this upcoming Sunday. For those who don't know, during the AFC game, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, if I could pick one franchise, oh man, since there's so many and stuff, since he was in Rampage, he was also in that god awful dark movie, um, Doom, and he, like, oh, you can barely see it these days. Even if you saw a Blu-ray copy, just save yourselves. I honestly don't know, uh, Joey, because I'm thinking about, I was thinking, because it got me thinking about this week ever since um all the news aggregates got like announced it. But I was thinking, like, what movie can he be in that's going to be legit and badass? Because it's The Rock. It's Dwayne Johnson. Like, goodness gracious. Like, oh, my goodness. Alan said it. I think Alan gave it away. Um, Gears of War. I was thinking, can he play uh, Marcus Phoenix? I, I like I can't imagine and fathom that like if, if he can play Marcus Phoenix that would be pretty dope I'm not gonna lie because I was thinking about that but also talk about Dave Bautista and Alan also mentioned it in chat as well he's also attached to, the, to uh, the platform but we shall see we shall see I mean Gears of War is a huge bet I mean hell if he's gonna be in a Pac-Man movie people will pay to watch it why not it's The Rock so yeah <laughs> go ahead yeah, Joey, so I, I hate to break it to everyone out there. I already know what game he's going to be in, and oh. it's going to be fantastic. Joey, he's actually going to he's gonna make a slight adjustment to what kind of movie he does. Yes, it's going to be, as he said, quote, badass, um, 
But that badass game, Joey, is actually My Little Pony Island Adventures starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, this movie is going to be so incredible. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone's prepared for how awesome this is going to be. Of course it's going to be Gears of War. Let's be real here. You're, look, as much as I would love for Dwayne The Rock Johnson to be in a God of War movie, I think that would be fantastic. His loyalty to, to Microsoft, I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, not saying I wouldn't, again, love seeing a God of War movie, but I don't think The Rock's going to do that. Gears of War is perfect for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, for DC's own Dave Bautista. I think it would be absolutely fantastic having both of them in a Gears of War movie. It would be violent. It will be bloody. And it will be absolutely amazing seeing both of those amazing actors play characters that we love from Gears of War on the big screen. And I honestly think having those two in that movie, that kind of cast would be enough to get over that hesitation of, oh boy, here we go again. Another video game being adapted to the silver screen. It's not going to be good. Uh, it, we're we're going to go, we're going to go straight to the trash of Mario bros again. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to watch it. I think you put those two in there. That gets a lot of people over that hurdle. That gets a lot of people. They, they get what they say in sales, their butts in seats, they go go to the theater, yeah. going to go stream it at home. They're going to watch it because they know the quality of both of those actors. Uh, so I, I honestly do think it's going to be Gears of War. I mean, that's where all the signs are kind of pointing right now. Yeah, I'm right there along with you guys. When I first heard this, I'm thinking either Gears of War or God of War. It's felt like a G.O.W. movie one way or another. Uh, the interesting thing for me is that the question did mention Xbox and Microsoft. So that does lean me a little bit more toward Gears of War. Plus, we know The Rock has played Gears of War a number of times in the past. So it could end up being that. Uh, then the question is, who does he play? Do you cast him as Marcus, like Greg was saying? Do you go Batista, like we have Ray and chat saying? Or, I mean, Batista Dom, rather, that we have Greg and, or Ray and chat saying? Uh, or do you even go, like, Coltrane? Could he be the Cole, that nice comedy relief character uh, that's also just kind of badass in so many other ways throughout that movie? So I'm very curious to see what we will see uh, with those cutscenes in the game transitioning to a movie. Do they take a different plot twist? Uh, what that ends up looking like. We know with Halo, at least, they're going with the silver timeline, as they call it. Uh, so while it does interloop with a lot of the canon, there will be twists and turns that go a little bit off of canon uh, into its own timeline, as they're calling it. So it could be the same thing with Gears of War if it is under that Microsoft umbrella. Uh, if it's God of War, maybe it's a little bit more true to the actual uh, game. But then again, with the Last of Us series over there, they are making quite a few changes too. So it's one of those things, movie is taken one way and games are taken another. And the ability just to watch something versus actually playing it out and feeling different emotions uh, is something that those directors have to take into account. I so we'll keep an eye on that. Go ahead, Greg. Sorry to cut you off. My bad. Um, I definitely want to add to the fact that he did mention going back and talking to the developers or something like that. That's what the article said. This is a good chance for Cliff Blazinski to to come out of quote unquote retirement and like help develop this movie. Cliff Blazinski, for those who don't know, he's the creator of um the Gears of War franchise and stuff. People think it's Rob from the Coalition. Wrong. It's Cliffy. Cliffy B. For those who don't know. And um, definitely having him in the uh, the seated as a creative to help guide the movie to where it's at. Please, as long as whoever directs this and such puts it in the right path, you definitely need to have Cliff Blazinski into this project. If not, it 
I mean, I love Rob and I love the coalition, but you got to give it to you also to the original creator. Like, come on now. So here's hoping crossing fingers. Yeah, it definitely would be nice to see Cliff involved and see what direction, especially if they go with the classic Gears of War instead of bringing the new characters like JD and Kate into it. Uh, if they stick with kind of that Marcus, that bear, that Cole story, uh, getting a few more of those characters involved as well as Cliff. So we'll keep an eye on that. Just a couple other topics before we wrap up today's show. Next on the list is Apple. Guys, Apple has made the iPhone. They've made the iPad. They've made iMacs and a number of other products with nice eyes and Apple logos all over them, as well as big, big price tags. Uh, what are your thoughts on Apple possibly jumping into building a gaming console? So according to Jez Corden of Windows Central and on the Xbox Two podcast, he came out and said that he's heard that Apple is working on a console. In quotes, he states, I've been hearing for a while that Apple has been poaching Xbox engineers to make its own console. And he goes on to mention that Apple is also known for canceling big projects before they ever see the light of day. So this one could be in that same scenario as well. We really don't know at this point. In the end, though, Apple, they've made a lot of big tech advancements over the years. They've also kind of built a big gated community that's grown and grown, but is still gated in many aspects. What are your thoughts of them jumping into the gaming industry? John, over to you first for this one. Do I have to be positive on this? Uh, you can go either way. I mean, it, it seems like a lot of people are very opinionated on this one. Okay, so this is the same company that charges you close to $2,500 for a laptop that is literally one-fourth the power of any laptop I have ever owned. You will get yourself 256-gigabyte hard drive. Uh, it might be solid state if you're lucky. Uh, you will get uh, a non-existent graphics card. Uh, but great news is you'll be in the Apple ecosystem. And this is coming from someone who actually does like Apple. I have an iPhone. I have an iPod. I have AirPods. Like, full disclosure, I love Apple. But here's the issue. If they actually go through with this, it's going to be stupidly priced. It is going to be absolutely awful. You think 500 bucks is bad for a PlayStation 5 if you can actually find it? You think 500 bucks is actually bad? I swear. Okay, okay, Greg. Congratulations. That's the first time I've actually seen a PlayStation 5. It's not in person, though, uh, so we're not going to count it. Um, but nonetheless, like, you think 500 bucks is bad for an Xbox Series X? Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Welcome to the iGamer box, because it's Apple. It has to be an i. Um where they're going to have their own processor that they've been working on for their laptops and their Mac computers uh, and everything else built in-house so they can save even more money. Uh, Joey, if this sees the light of day, get ready to pay no less than $14.99 for this gaming console, and it will be nowhere close to the power of the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. I just don't trust Apple to actually do this. Like, yeah, you have Apple Arcade. Congratulations. You want to know something? Apple doesn't make any of those games. They're all third party. No one cares. I, I do not want Amp Apple to enter this space because I just don't see it doing well. I, I think it's going to be a 1% gaming console that only the rich are going to be able to afford, and I would argue nobody should buy it at that price point. There's, there is... No entertainment system out there, the Xbox and the PlayStation uh, included, that is worth anything more than maybe five, six hundred bucks. Like, I, I just don't see it. Unless they blow us out of the water with a 
entertainment system that plays massive games on it like a like a PlayStation or a Series X and it's a computer and has Dolby Atmos surround sound and was a projector and can do the dishes and can do your laundry and fold it too. I just don't see it being worth anything. And and Apple again known for those incredibly stupid price points. I just I don't want them to do it. Stay away. Go away. Leave it to the big boys. Leave it to Microsoft. Leave it to Sony. Leave it to Nintendo. I don't want you in here. Well, I mean, I was so ready to avoid this potential console until you started saying it can do my laundry and dishes. And now I'm kind of in. So Apple, love to see what you're developing over there. Um, But yeah, overall, I think it is one of those interesting things to keep an eye on. And the other thing I think people forget when it comes to console making is you got to have IP as well. When you look at PlayStation, you look at Nintendo, you look at Xbox. They have hundreds upon hundreds of titles and IP rights that they have behind them. So they can just pump out first-party titles with the developers they already have in-house. So if Apple's going to make this move, you almost have to pair the console launch with buying a publisher. Whether that's an Ubisoft or a Square Enix or whoever it ends up being, Take-Two would be a big one as well. You almost have to pair that up. Or you have to pair it up with millions upon, probably billions at that point, of dollars in third-party deals to even be able to compete with a Microsoft, a Sony, or a Nintendo. Uh, Over to you, Greg, on your thoughts as well. I agree with John. If you enter the realm of the top three at this moment, I am I assure you you're going to get ripped in half. I like I'm warning Apple at this point because if I think about it, those AirPod Max, you know, the with the headphones and stuff like that, so they were like five five hundred okay. They're like <laughs> five hundred bucks on market price. And I was like, why? And I just like it looks so weird and stuff like that. However, it got me thinking also about um, the uh, the development issues and stuff. It it reminded me also about last year's uh, last year's uh, Apple versus Epic Games case and stuff with when it comes to video game development. Will developers actually trust Apple after that that court case? That's another concern I have as well. And as much as I say, hey, cool, you guys have. App, app, app games such as Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, for example, and of course Cookie Run Kingdom. But is the, I feel like you guys should stay in the mobile market because you guys are people are killing it there. Apple's killing it. I mean, Candy Crush. I mean, look, I, Call of Duty, and, and I mean, it's under an Activision name. I mean, now they're bought by Microsoft and stuff like that. So it's it's uh it's gonna be very very tough for them to battle out, especially with um, Apple going up against. Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, you're just going to get blown out of the water. And I won't be surprised if no one buys their consoles. And let's just say another thing, PC is getting, the PC world is also going to quote unquote get into back into the handheld market because the Stream Deck is about to get uh, released in February. So that's another thing to uh, look at. So uh, here's, if Apple does get on board, be forewarned, you better make, a first good impression because if not no one's going to get your stuff on day one i assure you because they can't be looked at as a uh, a gaming company just only for mobile and that's it it's sad to say it's very very upsetting and sad to say so the the one thing that apple kind of has yeah. and they do well at is how well their ecosystem is integrated with the with everything you can start something on an apple tv uh or an apple tv plug-in Transfer yeah. it to your phone, then switch it over to your iPad, then over to your Mac uh, or your, your MacBook Pro or wherever. Uh, you can have an Apple HomePod. Uh, their integration is incredible. 
And I, I feel like they do a really good job at that. And that's what they lever to that's what they use to lever these price points. And I get that. But we as a consumer, we as gamers out there that are already being nickeled and dimed to death. I'm looking at you, Sony, charging $70 for games, you know, for this next gen. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, my issue is will gamers that are already in the Apple ecosystem be willing to pay to continue to be in the Apple gaming or the, the, the Apple ecosystem or bring another piece of technology into that realm just because of the integration. And, and again, like I've always said this, like Apple makes great products, but my personal biggest hurdle with Apple has always been their computer line, the Macs and the MacBooks. I've always had an issue with their pricing with as little power as they give you. If that remains true for this console, you have to ask yourself as an Apple consumer, is that ecosystem bringing another piece of technology in worth that price bump? And I just can't justify it. There's no way I can justify that over an Xbox or over a PlayStation. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's a tough one. And it's one of those things that I think we go back and forth until we see that price point, until we see the specs, until we see the products and really titles that will be on top of this console and playable on this console, uh, if it even releases. I mean, like Jess said, a lot of these things happen in the back rooms of Apple and they never do see the light of day. And this could be one of those where they're buying engineers, they're trying to make something, then they realize, just like Google and Amazon did, that it is a very big investment to get into gaming and to really compete with the Microsofts, with the Sonys, with the Nintendos, uh, and even just the other publishers out there as well on the game side. So we'll keep an eye on that one, bring you guys more information as it comes on that front. Uh, last bit of news here, and then a very quick point on League of Legends, and we're going to wrap up things so you guys can go get ready to download your Pokemon for the Switch owners out there that want to jump into that game. Uh, but last on the list, ESL and Face It. They've been acquired by Savvy Gaming Group for $1.5 billion dollars to form the new group called ESL Face It Group. Uh, very original, I know. Uh, the Savvy Gaming Group, for those that don't know, is a new company. It was recently formed last year in 2021, and it is fully backed by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. So for those that don't know, this is pretty much a fund set up directly by the Saudi Arabian government, uh, now coming in and owning ESL Face It here. The big thing here behind putting the money in is that they hope to see significant growth within it over a long term of the investment. Uh, in quarter four of 2020, they are very uh, not so new to investing in games. They've done it for quite a while. And just a couple of years ago in quarter four of 2020, they did invest $3 billion into Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, and Take-Two Interactive as well. So they've been around the block for a couple of years at least now. Again, this particular branch of the company being new, though. Uh, in the end, this is a lot of money. $3 billion back then in 2020, $1.5 billion now. And they pretty much buy out two of the biggest organizers in esports, especially when it comes to FPS games. Uh, in particular, these two sites and really platforms are used very big in CSGO. A lot of the CSGO tournaments and a lot of the major events for CSGO take place on both these, now owned by this group. I think the biggest question here, guys, and at least for me, we've seen a lot of big female initiatives being made in esports and especially in CSGO and on these platforms. Uh, when we look at the Saudi Arabian government, females over there are treated at a very different level from what we've seen in a lot of other areas of the world. That, to me, is the biggest concern. Uh, when we look at some of these other investments they've made, they haven't been super hands-on with them, so I feel a little bit more comfortable, but I think the anxiety and hesitation behind just knowing the government's overall thoughts versus the stuff they're investing in is kind of uh, a little bit tilted from one another, in a sense. You know, if I think about it, 
it this was a this like jokes aside and stuff like that because uh, obviously the main joke as um the owner everyone's been making memes saying i am esports in saudi arabian language and i was thinking like okay let's chill it back and stuff i think it's a good chance for us to see where it goes because i'm not, because it's a it's a huge purchase because like buying the electronic sports league is just Wowzers! Aren't they um, out of, out of um, curiosity and same time refresh my memory? Aren't they also responsible for running Counter Strike and Rocket League um, tournaments, especially also the, for the fighting game scenes as well, such as uh, how should I say Mortal Kombat, for example? I could have sworn I uh, I couldn't uh, saw the ESL running that um running those. It's games tough because the ESL is involved in so many different things. Like I don't think yeah. they exclusively run either one of those, but they've definitely sworn. done events for a number of other titles as well. Yeah, I could have sworn because, like, with all these um tournaments and stuff like that. See, obviously, um, we also have upcoming um tournaments for like Valorant and, of course, DreamHack, which hopefully is still gonna happen. But I I don't know what's gonna happen now because of the pandemic and such. It's it's huge. Oh yeah, they run the of course the PUBG tournaments and stuff. May I mean for pro players? Who knows? Maybe they'll see a bigger paycheck for the public. Maybe some at least shed a light for those who don't know much about esports. That's great. However, for behind the scenes, I I hope you're right, Joey, and I'm I completely agree with you. Equality, meaning like everyone's being treated the same, being treated fairly, to help run this business. Because I really don't want something being purchased at a high price, then all of a sudden the stocks and the respect go way down and such. If that makes sense, so. It's one of those, again, wait-and-see moments, just like the Apple console. Go ahead, John. Any thoughts on this acquisition here of ESL and Face It? I'm going to try to be quick as possible with this. Okay. I don't like it. And I don't oh. like it for the same reason I didn't like the LEC having that deal with Neom that fell through, and rightfully so. I do not like the idea of a government funding an organization or whatever when that government has a history of human rights violations, uh, not just against women, but against the LGBTQ plus community, uh, against anyone who has a different opinion than what they hold true in, in their society. And I think anyone who sits here and thinks that ESL is not going to be affected and face it will not be affected by this acquisition that, you know, this is just a, a funding round to help fund this organization to, to the new heights. Anyone who thinks that, I would like to direct them to when Tencent uh, uh, acquired uh, Riot Games. Take a look at what happened over that next year, the next 12 months after that occurred. In China, there's certain graphics that weren't allowed to be used in League of Legends. There are certain characters that got animation and graphic overhauls client-wide throughout the world because of rules and regulations in China. Yes, this is on a lot smaller scale than human rights violations in Saudi Arabia. But nonetheless, that was the influence that happened on to Riot and to League of Legends. There is no reason that anyone should not expect that kind of influence in this merger for ESL and Face It. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that the Saudi Arabian government thinks just because they have money, they can throw it at any business in the world and expect people to be okay with their archaic treatment of women and the LGBTQ community. 
It's absolutely atrocious. Um, obviously, I, I don't think anything is going to change, and 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 I don't like it at all. Um, I I think the gaming community is one of the more inclusive communities in the world, where people can be who they are. They can play games and play characters that represent who they are, who they identify with. And then something like this happens, it's a smack in the face to gamers. It's a smack in the face to human beings. That's my issue with anything the Saudi Arabia government uh, funds in esports because it is literally saying, you know what, we want to get involved because we see money, but at the same time, we're not going to acknowledge women's rights and we're not going to acknowledge the rights of the LGBTQ plus community. That drives me up a freaking wall. I hate this deal. And uh, yeah, I, I honestly... Uh, have zero desire to watch anything with the ESL or face it going forward. And I think people should be rightfully upset. My two cents. Sorry. Bad. I feel bad. Just giving my answer. Thinking about the business side when I didn't think about the human. You're, you're completely fine. Giving the business side, Greg, because there's always multiple sides to that story, which is why like if completely transparent, if you took that other side, I would have taken the business side. So oh, it, it's it's yeah. completely fine. There's always multiple sides to every story. So please, by by all means, don't feel bad. You, you presented a very good side of of this story. So it's 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 not a bad thing. As I didn't see, I didn't know that half because again, um, I I knew about this in the news and I didn't know about that other half. Obviously, because I was like, oh, geez, hearing this from John, I'm just thinking about like. Okay, the game community is going to flip out if someone makes a mistake, and that's going to happen so badly and quickly. And I mean, look what happened. Did we not learn from Activision and the Blizzard issues and stuff? See, now I'm thinking. Great example. Oh boy, see, people flip the switch. We know a lot. We know good friends who stopped playing Overwatch and Hearthstone in general and stuff like that because of that. And oh man, just thinking about this now, John. Like I. Oh, I'm shivers, shivers down my spine now. Like one mishap, like a domino. Like if one piece falls, it's just going to be like a wildfire from there. And if they're not, they, they better prepare themselves. It's going to be bad. So Joey. Yeah, it's definitely one we're going to have to keep an eye on. And I agree with both points. I mean, Greg, I think you hit the business side very well, like John was saying. And that is a huge aspect to it. If any big amount of money, we're talking billions of dollars here, you have to look at the business side. What does it mean? But then John also looking at the human rights side and kind of I alluded to that at the beginning as well. Uh, That's a big major point that a lot of people are bringing up especially women. I mean, we look at how CSGO has continued to see more and more women's teams get picked up, more and more females jumping into esports. And and there's still issues already just in game chat and different games, whether it be Valorant, Halo, whatever. Uh, But then even on the pro scene level, the funding pools are not quite as big. And part of that comes down to viewership, but it's starting to get better and better for the female teams. In the end, a move like this seems like you've taken steps forward and now you're taking two steps back as well. So we'll have to see how it continues to develop. But like John said, uh, I'm not super optimistic about how that part continues to develop with this new ownership group at all. With that being said, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll bring you updates as we get more information, but we're going to slide into our last bit today. And Greg, I know you're not as seasoned when it comes to League of Legends, but we do just want to hit on uh, a few things to the League of Legends esports scene because that is one of the biggest scenes out there. So we're going to talk just quickly on the European scene and then the North American scene, just going through the standings and giving a quick match to watch for each of those and then wrap up today's show. Over in the LEC in Europe, 
in the standings in first place, stealing win after win. That is Rogue at 5-0. and Right below them, my boys Fnatic also at 5-0. and The Lions continue to roar down in third at 3-2. and G2 Esports, a shadow of their former selves, but showing some nice glimpses of the Samurai at 3-2. and Misfits, 3-2 and as well. Down a little bit lower. Excel, not quite excelling at 2-3. and three. Team Vitality showing some vitals after last week, pulling in two wins, sitting at 2-3. and three. SK Gaming at 1-4. Team BDS, the newcomer to the league at 1-4. And, and then Astralis currently sitting with the Goose Egg down in bottom at 0-5. and five. That brings us to the matches on this week's Slate, John, and there are quite a few spicy ones. The LEC has come out and said their match of the week is going to be on Saturday, January 29th, and that is the final match of the day. 3 p.m. Eastern time between Fnatic and G2. I'm going to say I love me some Fnatic, but that is not the match to watch. The match of the week, in fact, is tomorrow night, January 28th, 3 p.m. Eastern time between Rogue and Fnatic. G2 and Fnatic have a lot of history as organizations on that Saturday matchup. But when it comes down to it, I think the Fnatic roster is a lot better than the current G2 roster. And while there will be back and forth because the matches between both are always a clown fiesta, how can you pass up the 5-0 versus 5-0 teams there on Friday? Uh, Rogan Fnatic, for me, is the match to watch this week in the LEC. It has to be Rogan Fnatic. Like, I, I get it. G2 and Fnatic is your sexy historical matchup. It's kind of like TSM and Cloud9. But when it's not really a competition, is it still really a rivalry? Is it still really a competition? That's a question that I'll let you viewers and listeners at home uh, make a decision for for yourself. But, Joey, I agree with you 100% Rogan Fnatic. Absolutely. And then over to the mess that is North American League of Legends, uh, where we've decided right. to delay the season a full month so we can have this lock-in tournament that means absolutely nothing except for a little cash in the players' pockets. Uh, looking at this one, we are now into the semifinals. It is Team Dignitas versus Team Liquid in the first semifinal matchup. And then over to the second one, it is going to be the Evil Geniuses, who have been plotting for a while, plotted their way to a 2-0 win over the Golden Guardians just to face the big boys in Cloud9. Uh, one thing to note here, these are not full rosters for a lot of these teams. Because the LCS decided to do this roster thing, this lock-in tournament, uh, a lot of players are still working out visa deals for players, for coaches, uh, back and forth between the organizations. In the end, Cloud9 is not fielding their full roster, and same with a few of these other organizations. But we still have matches ahead. Dignitas, Team Liquid, John, who is going to win, and what is the series score? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> do, who's going to play? Well, what version of each team is going to be there? Um, on paper, Team Liquid, even with their academy team, is is still performing incredibly well. Uh, granted, they did go up against um, uh, uh, Hugger Tree FlyQuest, uh, and they disposed of them. Pardon me, they recycled them two and zero in that series. I, I think Liquid takes this as well. I think it might be a two one. Yeah, I'm thinking 2-1 as well. Dignitas with a big surprise upset over 100 Thieves in the quarterfinals, winning that one 2-0. But as you said, Team Liquid, FlyQuest was busy planting trees and also taking L's. 2-0 uh, going in Liquid's fair there. So I'll go 2-1 Team Liquid as well to advance to the finals. Over to the other semifinal match. And Greg, feel free to hop in. I don't know how much League of Legends you do know over there. Uh, we'll go much. to you for the next prediction, just because. Uh, you've heard of these organizations before, yeah. Evil Geniuses and Cloud9. Uh, knowing very little about Professional League of Legends, Greg, who takes this series in a best of three? I'm guessing um, I'm definitely going to go for uh, out of if I look at your rankings and stuff like that for Evil Genius and Cloud9, I think definitely Evil Genius is two to one because they're definitely gonna, Cloud9 is definitely going to give Evil Genius a run for their money. Let's I'll just say that for sure. And um, I'm just surprised at the Hunter Thieves because uh, they were the favorites of last season and stuff like that. And what happened? That's just surprising that they those just brushed them like that. Jeez, two and zero. Wow. Mm-mm. 
But uh, yeah, Cloud Nine. I mean, Evil Geniuses two to one. So I mean, it. I, I think it's a great prediction. I mean, Cloud Nine's got some nobody playing ADC called Sven. Never heard of him. No, no, I, I've never heard of the guy. He plays on an academy roster. I, I've never heard of this guy whatsoever. Of, of course, um, you know, and then like who who in the world's playing in top lane? Fudge is a mid laner in this whole thing. He's playing out of position. No. Who's the top laner? I don't even know. I mean, Blabber? I mean, of course, he is the starting jungler at least. Um, uh, Cloud9 takes it 2-1. Uh, I think they'll drop one game to Evil Geniuses, but ho- hopefully that, that kid Sven steps up. I've never seen him before. Gotcha. Uh, just a quick update. These are best of five, actually, guys. So oh. We have been predicting oh. wrong. Um, so, John, back to you. Team Liquid and Dignitas, <laughs> we both took them 2-1. I think I'll go 3-1 Liquid. 3-1. Uh, maybe even 3-2. I'll go 3-2. I'll give Dignitas not the going benefit five of doubt. Uh, I'll go 3-2. Oh. Uh, just because Dignitas showed up against 100 Thieves, so I will go 3-2. Are you going to go 3-1 Team Liquid then? I'm going 3-1 Team Liquid. Okay, and then over to Cloud9 Evil Geniuses. So, Greg, you gave Evil Geniuses the nod. Do you take them with one more win, or do you think it goes to a best of five? Oh, three, 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 two. Let me I, at least best of five because again, Cloud Nine. They're definitely. Let's see if they'll give Evil Geniuses a run for their money. From what I see from the starting roster, just looking at the Liquidpedia, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Again, like I don't follow League of Legends. Forgive me, but I'll definitely tune in for this. Why not? Sure, sure. Forgive so him, Jack. There. For, forgive him, Jack, for he not know what he do. Oh, uh, my God. Cloud 9-3-1 over Evil Genius. I'm going to go Cloud 9-3-1 <laughs> as well in that one. So if it ends up happening, we'll have quite a few matches to look forward to there in the finals. Uh, again, John taking Team Liquid and Cloud 9. I'm taking Team Liquid and Cloud 9. And Greg over here. Uh, Dignitas or Team Liquid? Greg, give me a team. Team Liquid. Team, Team Liquid. Liquid and Evil Geniuses will be over there in Greg's final. So we'll keep an eye on that again. LCS and LEC action this weekend. LEC kicking off tomorrow night. LCS just a little bit later on Saturday. And both running through the weekend with some great action ahead. Uh, last but not least, upcoming this week launches Pokemon. Uh, the new Pokemon Legends Arceus launches tomorrow for those interested on the Nintendo Switch. You guys can check that out. A couple pre-order bonuses out there. We actually just put an article out today. If you played previous Pokemon games uh, or been invested in that ecosystem before, there could be some little bonuses you can unlock in the new game as well. So go ahead and check that out. Again, otnmedia.org is where that article is posted, but also on social media, which John will take us right into our closing now. All right. So so first, before we before we go into Joy, like Greg, do you want to stick around and, and, and have your attempt at saying level up with, with Joey and myself at the end? Of course. No, you two got it. Oh, no, no. Come on, your, Greg. You're, you're, you're sticking your around. Show. You're sticking this around then. If, if it's show. our show, you're I sticking around. I mean, look. I cannot take that. I can't stop. The music has already started playing. Oh Nation, God. that will do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are a part of OTN Media. If you have not already done so, make sure you follow the show here on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you can find a podcast RSS feed. Just look us up. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways you can do it. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely. Level Up Nation, OTN Media Community. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVLP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company, OTN Media, on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. 
Last but not least, we also stream on Twitch. This show Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time, as well as a number of other streams throughout the week. And sometimes we guest over on the remixes stream as well, playing some Halo and such. You can check that out, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media for us. All right, and a big thank you again to Greg of the Lunchbox Publications, a.k.a. The Remix, switching things up here on Level Up Live. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at The Remix. Make sure you follow his company at The Lunchbox Publications, Lunchbox Pub on Twitch as well. So definitely uh, on Twitter and Twitch and Twitter there. Just follow both of them. If you don't do it, you're doing it wrong then. Simple as that. Make sure you tune in next Thursday, February 3rd, as we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next level of level level episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Have a fantastic weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And Greg, are you ready for this part? Yes. Okay, why it's not. No, it's gonna go. And as always, brief awkward pause. Level up. Okay, you ready? Here we go. And as always, level Level up. up.